see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off The Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 91. And of course, on this episode, we're going to be talking about everything, some things that happened in week seven as we bring our ourselves into week eight, the Thursday night matchup that, that starts off the week. So, Ike, how are you doing today, man? How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. But one person that's not, that wasn't feeling good on Sunday was B. John Robinson. Mm. And... That's the that's the one thing that's just it, it's it's bizarre, and it's one thing that just kind of sticks out to me that what the hell was that about? You know, Arthur Smith and the Falcons they didn't divulge the information. I know I talked about this on the on the the waiver the waiver show, but I, I'm still still confused as to what the hell happened on Sunday <laughs> when you know I was watching NFL Red Zone and I kept seeing the game cut to you know the the, the Falcons offense. I'm like, oh. Tyler Algier is in there, and B. John Robinson must have run a couple of plays because they, they usually rotate every now and then. I think B. John gets two plays, then then Tyler Algier gets another play, and then whatever. But it just kept I kept seeing Tyler Algier in there. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then I looked at the stat sheet, zeros across the board from B. John. So there was speculation that maybe he was being disciplined. Maybe he missed a team meeting. Maybe he's in the doghouse for some reason. Whatever the case was, but halftime, Arthur Smith gave us a BS explanation. Oh, he's not feeling like himself or, or something. In, in, in any event, I'm glad the NFL is investigating him <laughs> because this is it, – it's criminal activity is what it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's criminal activity because there's, there's absolutely no, no reason why you don't put anything on the injury report about B. John Robinson. You just you, you had to you you had to do something. So what do you think about this situation? It's completely um, bizarre, man. He played a sick trick on us, man. I don't know if he just wanted to stick it to us or what, but I didn't like it at all. And it was funny whenever, you know, I, I was watching the game uh on Sunday ticket and it was just like they kept cutting to him like showing Bijan on the sideline. So I just assumed like oh I just randomly tweeted, oh he must have Funny, uh, I just made a funny tweet. I was just like, oh, he must have missed curfew or something. Maybe he's not playing the first drive. And then it was the second drive. Then it was the third drive. And you're seeing like CPAC getting red zone carries. I was like, man, what the hell is going on out here? And then I saw saw a video before the game. I guess a fan had a had a Bijan UT jersey on. And he ran up, he ran up on her and just like, you know, dapped her up or whatever. And he just went back to, you know, running the, you know, the the usual pregame running back drill. So I was so confused. I was like, oh, he, I guess he looks all right. And then, you know, after the game, oh, yeah, he had a headache. Huh? What, a headache, like, what, headache. What are we doing? What are we doing out here, fam? Like, come on. And then at the end of the game, you give him one carry. Three <laughs> yards. Like, it was a random Just don't random play him at carry. all. Like, what, if you're going to do that, just don't play him at all. Like, don't have, him, don't have him out there being a decoy. It was, anyways, it, it, was, it was super weird. But you mentioned CPAC. I don't know, man. CPAT looking kind of, kind of, kind of chunky these days. He looked like he's been he, on the he been on the couch for a while, and yeah, and, and not. I he, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not fat shaming. I promise you, I'm not fat shaming. He just looks a little <laughs> bigger. 
than what I what I remember. Right? He looks a little bigger than from what I remember. I mean, he did have to add weight when when they like first announced that he was going to get running back carries. But yeah, he did. You know, he looked like he 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 lounged around. It looks like some happy relationship weight. That's what that looks yeah. like. <laughs> That's what that no looks fat like. shaming though. No fat yeah. shaming. No, no fat shaming. No fat shaming. <laughs> I just, I'm just observations. My eyes work, and I'm just trying to see. Look, I, this is. But um, but I I got a question for you though. We're so far. We're through. We're through about we're about halfway through the season. Week eight is going to start the proverbial second half of the season. Through the first half, who is, in your mind, the fantasy MVP so far through seven weeks? Hmm. My fantasy I, I have MVP. my I have my thoughts. I just want I'm curious to get your thoughts before we move into you know some of the burning questions for week eight. For me, it's Tyreek Hill, and he would even be like in my top three of just overall MVP in the NFL right now, just because of. You know, before the season, he was just like, hey, I'm putting 2,000 up. Come and stop me. And then now you look at him and they're just like, yeah, he he's on his way to getting 2,000. Like, he's he like he's about to get 1,000 before we get halfway through the actual NFL season, which is, you know, on pace. I think the, you know, break the record. I think, I believe when we talked about it last week and he almost put 100 yards up versus the Eagles. But I just think, you know, you know he's the guy. You know they're going to get him the ball. And you still can't stop it. And and in case if you watched the game last week, it was evident when they couldn't get him the ball, that offense couldn't do pretty much anything. They just looked hapless when they couldn't get him the ball. So for me, that's my fantasy MVP. Yeah, you know, he's he's still on pace for 128 catches at 2,200 yards receiving and just shy of 20 touchdowns. So he's still on a record-setting pace, even – you know, even he, he was under 100 yards receiving against the Eagles, but still had 11 catches and still had the touchdown. So Tyreek Hill, more often than not, is going to deliver week in and week out. Now, for me, it's it's between two guys. It's between two guys, and they weren't highly drafted at all. The first one, mm-hmm. his teammate, Raheem Mostert. Okay. Raheem Mostert, okay. He, he has been absolutely killing. I believe he's the RB2 overall in the season. I know he had a dud against Philly. I think that whole offense kind of – was pretty much down which we already knew that that was going to happen yeah so just based on where he was drafted close to the double digit rounds there was a lot of ambiguity in that Dolphins backfield with you know they drafted uh Devon Chan and Jeff Wilson you know seemingly was going to factor in and but one thing that we had the one the one thing we talked about with Mostert throughout his career was how can he stay healthy can he hold up He's always getting nicked up, and whenever he's on the field and 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 healthy, he's actually producing. He's on pace for at least twenty plus touchdowns, over seventeen hundred yards. He's top five in rushing yards right now. So it's 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 between Mostert and then obviously Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, he was mostly undrafted, late, you know, last pick of your draft, best ball leagues, the sixteenth, seventeenth round pick. For the most part, look, since Cooper, the, the we, we obviously know what he did the first four weeks without Cooper Cup, just completely balling. I think he was the, the wide receiver four. But since since Cooper Cup has been back, that's three games. Two out of the last three games, he's had at least seven catches and or a touchdown. And, you know, for the season, he hasn't dipped below 32% target share at all. He, has, he had a 44.4% target share on Sunday with Cooper Cup mm-hmm. in the lineup. 
Yeah. So the, the guy's just he's just eating. And we 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 mentioned this even when we were mentioned, you know, wanting to you know, pick him up for waivers and what what's his role gonna be when Cooper Cup comes back. Based on how much pass volume is going around in that Rams offense, it's gonna be him, it's gonna be Cooper Cup. And he can definitely eat. And he's continuously eating. And currently wide receiver four overall. So based on where you drafted him, you're getting you're essentially getting another first round pick, right? Yep. And uh, you know to go on top of hopefully you had like some guy like you know McCaffrey who stayed healthy or AJ Brown that stayed healthy or you know some or Tyreek Hill. I mean, imagine having Tyreek Hill and Puka on the same team, you're probably first place in your on, <laughs> in your Man. league. And so for me, it's between those two guys splitting hairs. So I think I'd probably give both of them the nod. Um, as leading candidates for MVP, at least for me, for fantasy. MVP. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I definitely like your your choices just because ADP wise, like you wouldn't even dare to expect these two being basically top two, top three of their position at this current standing of the season. So, I mean, obviously we don't want to go without you know mentioning uh, C Mac, who's who's had a touchdown in every single game for the Forty Nine ers. So. Just we we don't want to leave what he, what he's doing, you know, not talked about. But I think your I think your actually your selections actually make a lot more sense than mine. Even though like real life, I think I think he should be in Tyreek should be in talks of you know being MVP. But I, I like yours for fantasy purposes based on AB, ADP. Yeah, and I think with I think with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, we we kind of expected him to be pretty awesome. He was a top. He was going number one, number two, or number three in most drafts. Yeah. So, I mean, I think hit for him. I mean, I think that's relatively status quo for what he's doing. But uh, a dark horse, a dark horse that I have, and we'll just la- last thing on this. Ah, AJ Brown, man. Uh, I knew, I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna say him. AJ Brown is on a absolute tear. Five straight games over 125 plus yards receiving, and look, man, he. He he leads the league in first three targets by a wide margin, and he's the wide receiver three in fantasy. And only eleven point nine percent of his fantasy points have come from touchdowns. So he is just like volume yards catches. He is dominating. Much you know, much to the chagrin of De- Devontae Smith fantasy managers, but he is just absolutely dominating. And I think he's going for the NFL record this Sunday against the Commanders, who are absolute food. Food. <laughs> so, food. I, I think I think his his over under for yards is probably going to be set at like ninety and a half or something. He's gonna he's 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 gonna be creeping towards that ninety that ninety yard range. Uh, you, you think you think he's gonna be around the, the Tyreek? You no, know, Tyreek is hovering around ninety nine. Cup even last week was still over in like ninety two. You think he's gonna get in that range? He's entering that territory. Last week it was eighty one and a half, and I yeah. thought that was like hmm, that was. But yeah. he's 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 hovering around ninety. So I think I think he's going to. I haven't seen the lines yet, but with the with the commanders on deck, the the pace that he's on, yeah, it's it's going to be around the ninety range. Yeah, I yeah, it's, it's it should be definitely creeping. If it's not, then you know what to do on on your uh, on your books or your prop sites. Smash higher, higher, more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and hit on these burning questions for you know the week eight slate. So the first game we want to talk about, I mean, we just talked about him, Philly versus Atlanta, uh, Philly versus Washington, where Philly's six and a half point favorite, 47 point total, healthy point total for this matchup. You know, we've seen 
Washington over the last two and a half years played this team, you know, kind of kind of tough. They kind of changed it up this past when they played a few weeks ago. Where I know last year what we saw is that they just ran B B Rob like forty times just to drain the clock and not really have the ball. We actually saw them air it out uh, in that shootout game. So the question I have is, can Sam Howell at least repeat what he did the first game versus the Eagles? He had twenty two and a half fantasy points. But he was sacked five times uh, in that 34-31 loss to the Eagles. So what do you think? Yeah, and I think it comes down to whether or not Sam Howell can stay upright. He's been sacked 40 times in seven games. And I think they're one of three teams in NFL history to give up at least four sacks through the first seven games in, in, in history. Like, it, it's, it's literally insane. Last week, the Giants, who don't get pressure on anybody, essentially – equaled their sack total for the season. They had they sacked Sam Howell six times. They allowed they allowed the Giants to look good against them. They allowed the Falcons who the previous week who don't get pressure on anybody to look at they had a bottom a bottom free pressure rate. And now the Eagles who have a, a, a top tier pressure rate in that defensive line, ferocious direct defensive line. I mean they sacked him five times in the, the, the earlier meeting. How many times is he going to get sacked again? He's on pace, on pace to take 97 sacks, which was which would blow away the NFL record set by uh, David Carr in 2002 with 76 or 73 or 76. So it comes down to that. But if he can stay upright, there's opportunities down the field. Terry McLaurin, he had eight catches for 86 yards on 10 targets. You know, Curtis Samuel had a touchdown. You know, Jahan Dotson, he had a pretty good game last game, uh, last time they played the Eagles. So the, these games have been actually more competitive than what we're, you know, what we're accustomed to seeing or what we're being led to believe. So if they can keep them upright, the game can be close and there could be opportunities for, you know, Washington to win downfield. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those points. And I mean, that Giants game where, again, they don't ever get pressure on the quarterback, let alone sack them. And they just had him on his back pretty much the whole what first half and then what the last drive of the game they just had him on his back i don't know man uh you would and you would think that because of you know the amount of pressure that that offensive line is, is allowing that his check down rate would be high but nope he is bottom six in the league in check down rate <laughs> what and then you got it you know a running back like antonio gibson and you just don't even use him at all i don't know i don't even get that part so you, you guess, gotta get you gotta get chris uh, chris rodriguez in for some snaps yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, la- and last week he led the team in in rush attempts and rushing yards. Not, well, in rushing yards, not rush attempts. Brian Robinson still had more rush attempts, but he paced the backfield with rushing yards. So you got you got hit, you got to get him carries. So yeah, I, I think I think of that trade deadline. Teams need to call for, call call the commanders for Antonio Gibson and get him out of there because that they're just completely misusing him, his skill set, and his talent. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like how they're how they're using him. So it's just it's weird. It, it is bizarre. But yeah, it comes down to Sam Howell. But the next game that I want to talk about is the Jacksonville Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, Jacksonville. They're one and a half point favorites on the road. Forty one and a half point over under. Biggest thing I want to pinpoint here: how Christian Kirk has been better than Calvin Ridley all season long, with the exception of Week One. Since Week One. Christian Kirk has out-targeted Calvin Ridley 52 to 37. And on the season, on the season, it's 55 to 48 in favor of Christian Kirk. So 
Christian Kirk is the wide receiver 15. Calvin Ridley is the wide receiver 37. They both have favorable matchups against the Steelers' secondary. Steelers' secondary has been food. I mean, they, they give up the ghost to a lot of slot wide receivers all season long. I mean, you just name it. You know, Puka Nakua is the most recent example. 154 yards on eight catches. But they average, they, they give up 31.1 fantasy points per game, which is the most in the league. So they have good they, they They have opportunities to, to, to expose this, uh, this, the Steelers secondary, but Calvin really, man, like what, what is going on with him? Why hasn't he produced much of anything since week one? I mean, he had, he had a good game in London against the bills, which was, you know, we thought it was the start of something else, but he, he reverted right back to what we've seen outside of week one. So what do you, what do you think is going on with Calvin Ridley? That's a good question. I have, I honestly don't have a clue. Um, I mean, if you go and look at his numbers in terms of like route participation, it's there over 90%. You know, the targets per route run have been fluctuating. Like he has not seen after that week one where he had 32, uh, 35% target share, he's been over 20 twice in week five and week six. All the other games have been like 18%, 15%. So it's very much fluctuating 21% target share overall for the season. I, I don't I don't know. I will say the last two weeks, his catchable targets have been at 50 percent. So when Trevor's looking at him, it hasn't really been that accurate. I have no clue. I don't honestly I don't know. Uh, but we did. I mean, we did warn people like we thought that him going at the what second round into the second round where he crept up before the season started on underdog drafts, we thought it was Way too high. Wide receiver 16, man. He was a wide receiver 16 when it, I, I think when the dust settled, he was, he was in that range. And I was like, man, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a little rich for me. That's a, a, a hella rich for somebody. Again, I know we kept talking about this, that never really had a wide receiver season, like finished as a wide receiver one. He's always in a wide receiver two range. And, you know, here we are again. He's not even a wide receiver two range. He's wide receiver three. Right now, so I mean, wide receiver three. That's wide, you're right. You're wide receiver, four. wide receiver four. Yeah, yeah wide receiver four. I, I I have no clue. Like the air yards are there in terms of he's over forty percent air yards. The a dot I will say has been rising since week one. That might be part of the issue where where those those catchable targets have been much lower. Mm. That they haven't him run longer routes, especially since Zay Jones has been out. So. That could be part part of the reason. I don't know what it's going to look like when Zay Jones comes back. I don't know how that's going to go because we are seeing even uh, Evan Ingram eat up in 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 the the share of targets too, and mm-hmm. it's been a healthy seven targets for e- Evan Ingram every game. So it's going to be real spicy whenever we see Zay Jones. What that's going to look like, but it has not. You have not got the return on investment for Ridley. I I know I'm one of those owners and one of the uh, leagues that we're in together where I took him, I think, at the at the, the beginning of the third round. And I just keep generating my lineup because he's one of my top wide receivers, but it just is not paying off. So I don't know what to tell people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, this this is a good matchup, and hopefully he can, you know, he can, he can, he can take advantage along, alongside Christian Kirk. But on the other side of this game is, is the Steelers. They just had a – they just scored a season-high 24 points. <laughs> Yay. But we are now 53 games and counting. 53 consecutive games without them gaining 400 yards of offense. 53 consecutive games. Then that and that, that streak started 
September 27th, 2020. And so for whatever reason, Matt Canada still has a job there. And look, they got they got some they got some decent skill players on the on the team. They got Deontay Johnson. They have George Pickens. You know, they they have two two pretty pretty decent running backs, although one is more explosive than the other. Mm. And we've had that conversation multiple times. But I mean, I, I just can can they can they find a way to 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 to, to you know to manufacture 400 plus yards of offense for 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 once like i mean, I, mean uh, I, know, I know the run game has been has been you know kind of hit or miss they did have some success last game and this was actually the first week that Najee Harris outscored Najee, yep. uh, uh Jalen Warren so yep. congratulations and, and Najee got Harris, in the end zone and got in the end zone for the first time this week this past yeah. week yeah Although Jalen Warren had the first Steelers rushing touchdown of the season before him yeah. earlier earlier yeah. in the game, <laughs> so monkey see monkey do kind of, kind of <laughs> but no um but yeah I, I I think the key is that is for them to get their running game going and then they can just open up more more downfield shots with you know to George Pickens and you know some Deontay Johnson underneath so Kenny Pickett maybe have some momentum on the side I don't, I, I don't know but that's I just want to see more out of the Steelers' offense. They scored 24 points, but they had a they had a turnover that set them up pretty well inside the 20 yard line against the Ram uh, against the Rams, and then some uh, some other some other big breaks they caught. So their offense wasn't great, but I think this, this may be a step in the right direction. What do you think? I mean, he got he got Deontay Johnson back, which is another weapon like you talked about. Full time role it, too. Yeah, it should it should work out. I mean the the George Pickens and Kenny Pickett connection still stayed alive this game. I think Pickens was still over thirty percent target share. So yeah, he had a thirty, I think a thirty four percent target share. Yeah, so you know the weapons are there for sure. Just a matter of like, are you going to continue to you know have George Pickens run these routes that are not just posts and and goes like are you going to be creative and how you use them like they were this past week and you know continue doing that and hopefully they can build on scoring more than 20 points consecutively and you know Kenny Pickett looking like even a, a, a average quarterback at least at least but you know we'll see we'll see all right so the next game I want to talk about is Minnesota at Green Bay we just saw Minnesota on Monday night you know surprise a lot of people and, and beat the 49ers and look good really good doing it too really good there yeah that san francisco defense had no answers for for minnesota throwing the uh passing wise it, it was it was I, I was i was i was i was mystified about what was going on honestly i just didn't i just didn't understand what's going on couldn't get pressure on 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 cousins couldn't guard any couldn't guard tj hawkinson or or addison and most of the time with Addison, I mean, with Hawkinson, it was Fred Warner on his back after the catch. So just dragging him around the field. It was, it was interesting. But, you know, let's get back into this matchup where, you know, Jordan Love and this Packers offense is, has been nonsense, has been garbage. Like we said a few shows back in terms of the, the, the luck, the amount of luck that he was that he had based on, you know, the poor numbers that he had in terms of completions and. CPOE is now that luck is now turned around and, and he looks like like a bottom three quarterback in the league right now. So my question is in this divisional matchup is what can Jordan Addison do for an encore? We just saw him 
you know, go for eight for 150 plus and two touchdowns. So, and I'm glad he got his get back on that. What would have been a second pick mm-hmm. that he just took it from who was a uh, ward. He yeah. took the yeah, ward. Travis Ward took the ball yeah. from him and, and went and scored that 60 yard touchdown. So what do you think he can do for an encore versus this Green Bay defense? Before we get into Jordan Addison, let's 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 uh let's rewind to Jordan Love just really quick. Just you mentioned all the luck that you know that's been running out. Let's just let's just take a snapshot of his 2023 so far. <laughs> He's 32nd in completion percentage, 28th in interception percentage, 24th in yards per attempt, 28th. QB passer rating, 29th and on target percentage, 28th and bad throw percentage. He is the 10th least pressured quarterback in the NFL. So you can probably say he's doing all of this without a ton of pressure, right? Now, I know maybe the last couple of games, it may have skewed this a little bit because I know the Raiders, they got after him. Broncos kind of got after him. The Broncos defense has actually been playing a lot better. Yeah, they have. The last couple of weeks. They haven't have. been as 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 crappy as they've been the first <laughs> five or six weeks of the season. So they've been actually doing doing some things. And then, you know, Jordan Love, he's top five and missed open wide receiver percentage. And his wide receivers are now top 10 in drop percentage. So in a nutshell, the offense is not running efficiently because Jordan Love has turned back into a pumpkin. That is the the sole reason why that offense has not been moving they can't get anything going on the ground. You know, A.J. Dillon, he ain't it. Aaron Jones, I don't think he's healthy. Or either that, they're just, for whatever reason, they just don't want to play him. They don't want to give him too much coming off the hamstring injury. Whatever the case is. And they had a dream matchup, and they absolutely crapped the bed. They had a, a dream matchup, and they crapped the bed. So it, it's there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of questions for this Packers offense. But, you know, back to Jordan Addison, though. Jordan Addison, yeah, he's he's going to he's going to be leading he's going to be leading the Vikings in targets him him and T.J. Hawkinson, so there's going to be opportunities for him to 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 take advantage down the field, especially against Jair Alexander. They're going to move him around a lot. I think um, I know he plays he plays on the outside, plays in the slot, and I know I was watching the game on Monday night. They were they had him in motion a few times, mm-hmm. and just just some of those releases that Jordan Addison was having, he was just putting those DBs in a blender. There's going to be opportunities for that down the field, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Because I, I think, I, I think you know, if if there's a game, a, a breakout game that we could pinpoint as kind of like a launching off point. Because remember Justin Jefferson in 2020, he had that breakout game against the Titans. Maybe this could be a similar thing for Jordan Addison. His breakout game came against the 49ers, and that could start you know a a, a nice little run for him until Justin Jefferson gets back. Now, it's amazing how things change, right? You know, two weeks ago we were talking about how the Vikings may not be, man, <laughs> maybe taking, maybe may, may taking, maybe you know Justin Jefferson may not come back off, come back from IR, trade may, Kirk Cousins, trade Kirk Cousins, all this stuff. Now they're three and four. They're only two games back of the division. The NFL, man, the NFL is 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 a uh, chaotic roller coaster, and it is. things can change from week to week. So it is, yeah. Do you know if Jair is going to be playing this week? I know he I don't think he played the this past week, if I remember correctly. But do you know if, if he's going to play this week? I know I think practice reports he would they were showing right now that he's questionable to play on Sunday. So should be interesting if he's not able to go, you know, how much more Addison can get loose or if he can still get can get loose. So 
it should be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll 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 see what the injury report says this. Um, we'll see what we'll see what we'll, we'll see what it says this week. But um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe he does play. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Next game what we want to touch on is New Orleans at Indy, where they got Indy favored at one and a half at home, the forty three and a half over under game total. A couple of things that are interesting in this matchup. You know, the first off is you know the Camara usage has been off the chart since he's came back. He's number one expected fantasy points and fantasy points per game, mainly because of the amount of checkdowns that Derek Carr has thrown to him. It's it's just amazing because at the same time, him his running efficiency has been piss poor, and this even dates back to last year and the year before. He really hasn't really been that good of a rusher. Uh, the last few seasons and still carrying over this year too. So, and then on top of that, you know, Derek Carr has been stinking up the joint. He's the sixth lowest yards per attempt at 6.27. And like I said, that's mainly because he, you know, he's throwing it, he's targeting Camara uh, 10 times a game, basically at the line of scrimmage or behind it. So it, 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 it's interesting to see. He is also, his CPOE is the ninth lowest in the league. He has the sixth lowest, percentage of throws, high accuracy throws, which are basically throws in stride or or on the numbers while the wide receiver is staying still. He's the sixth lowest out of 33 qualifying quarterbacks. So Yikes. just <laughs> and he's also third lowest in the for quarterbacks and fantasy points per drop back. But something that we talked about at the beginning of the year that's still apparent now is that he's still second in deep growth, deep throw rate at 15%. So you know, you got your Shahid, you know, the random games that he just pops up on your on your team where he goes for like 22 points. That's mainly because he's the guy that's being targeted and he has his moments where those balls are, you know, accurate for for him to catch. So there's that. And then also on the Colts office, offense, we've seen it. The Colts offense is moving the ball, man. Look, you know, Gardner Minshew is a professional backup. He knows what to do when he gets his chances and he gets a chance to play. And you're seeing the offense click, like I said, you know, even with you know JT being inserted in the offense, you know, JT's role has been basically split down the middle for the most part with Zach Moss. And Zach Moss has even looked really good, man. Like you can't even deny. I know previously he looked like just a, a guy, just a jag, a plotter, but now he just he looks good. But going back to JT, we have seen him slowly but surely getting cranked up in terms of you know usage and his snaps and you know the past three weeks his uh, expected fancy points for per game have gone up the you know his first week week five is 19 point 19.5 percent week six was 48.7 percent and this past week was 61.9 percent so um it's just interesting to see from before before all this you know the Colts didn't want to do any business with them he ain't, didn't see any signs of him doing any football, any football stuff. And then now you're seeing him on the field. He looks good. Like he, he looks ready to go. Looks fresh. So it's just interesting. What are your thoughts about you know this matchup in, and this game? Oh, and real quick, I know the Saints defense in terms of you know rush defense is one of the best in the in the league. So it should be interesting how they they attack these these two running backs, Zach Moss and, and J T, who you can start in your lineups both each separately. So. Yeah, so a couple things. First thing is, you know, Gardner, the, the the Colts offense, yeah, they have been moving the ball. They have been scoring points, and they have been, you know, just kind of going up and down the field. But at the same time, Gardner Minshew is turning the ball over. Like, 
I think this back-to-back games of three plus turnovers. Yep. He had yep. four turnovers against the Browns. And mm-hmm. so yeah, yes, they play fast. Yes, they score points. But that's the one thing that we we, we kind of need to be more mindful of. Now, I will say this, you know, according to a tweet from from Rich Rebar, Gardner Minshew has excelled uh, you know, against man coverage this year. He's seventh in completion rate, fourth in yards per attempt, has four touchdowns, just one interception, and his QB rating is eighth. His sack rate is fourth. And the Saints, they run the second highest rate of man coverage in the league. And so there's opportunities with those wide receivers, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, who's had a who's had a phenomenal rookie season Man. so far wide receiver Man. 25 he's a he's a wide receiver three borderline wide receiver two on the season so he's manning that slot role so yeah i i like i like the colts offense i mean these these matchups they on paper they looked they look to be you know pretty daunting but at the same time i mean once you play the games you know shane steichen's gonna have 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 that uh have that system and have those guys in in in, in pretty favorable situations um to take advantage of, of one-on-one opportunities but yeah, so I, I I like I like that standpoint, and then and Jonathan Taylor, like he's 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 ramping up, he's ramping up, and before you know it, before it's all said and done, I think it's probably going to be a 60-40, 65-35 split between Taylor and, and Zach Moss. You know they split snaps last week, but Jonathan Taylor was more productive, twenty one fantasy points versus seven fantasy points, yeah, hundred hundred and twenty total yards versus fifty seven or so total yards with, um, with uh, Zach Moss, and so. The changing, the, there's a changing of the guard there. J, JT gets his legs under him. We're going to see the JT of old before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. The the Zach Moss show is definitely coming to an end soon enough. But in the meantime, you can start both of them. But like I said, the Saints run defense is pretty good. So I would be wary about starting both of them. So just keep that in mind. Yep. And then just just last just lastly, we'll just touch, touch on this game. Um, the, the, the Bengals at the 49ers. Bengals are, or sorry, the 49ers are five and a half point favorites. Over under is 45 and a half. The, the, the biggest thing here is is that Bengals passing offense. Are they are they back? Are they back? Like are they are they going to, you know, revert back to some of the some of the stuff that we saw in Arizona, some of the stuff we a lot of the stuff that we saw in 2022 for the most part. I mean, there's there's still some question marks, I feel like. I feel like there's still some question marks. Because I know that. Yeah, Joe Burrow, his his um, you know, his 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 passing rate when it comes to you know throws of ten plus yards down the field is still pretty poor. I know the game before the the, the bye week, he was two of seven on he was two of seven on throws from down, you know, ten plus yards down the field. And on the season, he's a league worst thirty two percent, eighteen to fifty six on such throws. And so San Francisco mm. pissed off after what happened on Monday night. Then they got Buffalo, and then they got Baltimore over the next three games. I, you know, it's it, it this it's going to be a test. It's going to be a test for that passing offense, to to to, to say the least. Hopefully, T T Higgins is healthy. So I know he missed the game um, due to that rib, or you know he played. He played. In that, he, he played. played. Yeah, he played. He just didn't do anything. He, he didn't. He, yeah. Same difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he 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 got a little healthier, and then this offense can 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 start you know taking flight but it's going to be tough sledding at least for the next three weeks yeah and i mean just to circle back on san francisco being pissed off you thought they would have came into the minnesota game pissed off but apparently they weren't so maybe they might be pissed off for this game it should be interesting to see if this Bengals offense is going to be able to block this that that front four uh if they're not able to then 
I hope Burrow's cap injury is good because he's going to be running or he's going to be on his back. So uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what this offense can do. I'm ho- I'm hoping that they can you know put some points on the board and you know get get some some fantasy owners back on on in good graces with some of these players that they have on their rosters. All right. So with that, there's a couple of matchups that we that we just kind of highlighted we want to briefly touch on one favorable one unfavorable the first one favorable Houston running backs versus Carolina over the last two games Carolina they've allowed 41.7 fantasy points per game and 167 rush yards per game so now the Houston backfield is not an ideal one to target because of how inconsistent they how inconsistent they've been with you know Damian Pierce having a you know career low so far yards per carry of I believe like just shy of three yards per carry, but Devin Singletary led the led the backfield in snaps before the bye week, was much better looking, um you know from an efficiency standpoint rush you know rush yards over expected standpoint than Damian Pierce before the bye, so this could potentially signal a shift in that backfield, but that entire backfield has uh you know has an advantageous matchup against the Panthers. And then on the unfavorable side, we've got the Rams running backs versus Dallas. Now, that that's going to be a, you know, rotation, Darrell Henderson, Royce Freeman, and maybe maybe Miles Gaskin if he's activated on game day. I know he didn't he didn't make the cut on on this last week against against the against the Steelers because I don't think he was in game shape or just ready to play at all. And then yeah. Zach Evans, we know Zach Evans is is is, is not going to you're not going to see Zach Evans. <laughs> so, but 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 the Cowboys, um, when it comes to EPA per rush, they're fifth best, and that you know from a fantasy standpoint, they're just they're just not a good matchup for running backs. I know they had one basically one blip when the Cardinals basically ran wild on them, but for Man. the most part, I mean they they shut down Christian McCaffrey and they shut down all other running rushing attacks so far this season. So, and and Austin Eckler, fifteen carries, thirty yards. So he there there was there was a lot of. Of running backs they've been able to, to to keep in check so far this year so it's not a good not a good matchup for the rams running backs in week eight and also want to mention the washington running backs versus billy billy's allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to running backs in the second fewest yards per carry so brian robinson tonio gibson don't probably don't don't start him all right Thursday night football, we got Tampa Bay at Buffalo, minus seven for Buffalo. They're favored by a touchdown, 42 and a half game total here. And I want to go to Buffalo first. We got Buffalo. We got this now two-man backfield that they're they're playing with, you know, James Cook and Latavius old man Murray that for whatever reason that he's still, he's still got a little bit of juice in Buffalo. believes he has juice, so they're playing him. So it's definitely interesting. <laughs> we did see Cook have his highest – his season high in terms of rush share, seventy almost seventy seven percent, and he's eleventh in the league in scrimmage yards, which is you know pretty surprising because of you know as much as they don't use him in the red zone and they be they just rotate they just rotate backs, but he's he's doing work with the chances he's getting. You just hope that he can you know continue to get that work for this backfield. And just keep in mind, this is not a good, really a good matchup for Buffalo's rush game because Tampa Bay is the best defense EPA per rush in the league. So just be mindful of that. If you have to start Latavius, then you know just keep that in mind. But you're probably starting James Cook regardless of the fact. 
We got you well, just real quick. So you don't really you probably won't even have to start Latavius because this is a week where you don't have any buys, right? It's week eight. There's no buys. True. Now, if you have a ton of injuries, it's another story, but you don't really have holes in your lineup this week, you know, versus last week where you had six teams on by and then, you know, week nine, week 10, you know, you'll have at least four teams on by, but you probably won't even have to start Latavius Murray. So, you know, it's probably on the worry about that. Yep. Josh Allen, of course, you're starting him. He's QB three of the in the league right now. The offense itself is second highest EPA per play and success percentage only behind Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen is also top six in CPOE, touchdown passes, passing yards, interceptions, and fantasy points per drop back. So it goes without saying that you're going to be playing him. Stephon Diggs, of course, you're playing him wide receiver two of the season right now. He has at least six receptions in every game, but two. Well, in every game, he has at least six receptions. And only in two games that he hasn't reached at least 100 yards, uh, including this past week. And then you got Mr. Mister Windsprint himself, Gabe Davis, wide receiver 33. He's only had 4.7 fantasy points the last two weeks. I, I mean, I don't know, man. He, if he don't score a touchdown, then he's pretty much a ghost. So he's best ball. If you have him in lineups, then you know, just pray to your Lord and, and hope for the best if you got to start him. You got Dalton Kincaid. I know a lot of people are, are are happy about me naming him because we just got news that Dawson Knox is going to be out for a while with his wrist injury again for the second season in a row. And he's dealing with a, a messed up wrist. So this is Dalton's chance to, you know, to really break out. We just saw him have his highest target rate last week at 22% and the most yards and receptions at 8 for 75 versus New England. So this is a great chance for him to do something. Definitely start him in your lineups and, um, you know, hope for the best. And I want to keep in mind the last two weeks, Tampa Bay versus wide receivers, they've given up the eight most fantasy points to wide receivers at 40 fantasy points per 83% catch rate, which is crazy. That's second highest. There's actually a team that's allowing 92%. And then also slot receivers are allowing 30 or are given are given 34 fantasy points, which is second most. So this bodes well for Diggs and Kincaid, who are seeing about 41% of their snaps in the slot. So giddy up for those two. Yeah, so, you know, the, the Tampa Bay side, um, it's been a mixed bag, but the the lone bright spot is Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been balling wide receiver 17 on the season. He has a 32% target share, 48.5 air yard share, and 28.3% target rate on the season when he's on the field. So he's been balling. He's been cooking. He had a touchdown and over 80 yards against the Falcons last week. But one guy that's been pretty disappointing is, is, is Chris Godwin. You know, it may be a you know, lack of touchdowns, but he's the wide receiver 30 on the season. 28% air yards here in red zone target rate, 18%, which is decent, but he's not, he's not really, not really converting, converting a lot of these, a lot of these, you know, targets into meaningful fantasy production and fantasy output in general. You know, he's only lining up in the slot 36% of the time versus 64% um, lining up on the outside. And so usually he's lining up in the slot. We, we've seen him in, in years past, but it's kind of a little bit of a shift. Maybe he's being a little bit more misused than, than previous years, but he thrives in the slot. He thrives a lot more in the slot than he does on the outside, and I, I think he needs to be playing a little bit more slot so he can so he, so he can use a lot of his uh, short area quickness. 
But, you know, Rashad White, the, the, the starting running back, still getting a lot of the volume. He's the, you know, the RB24 on the season, 54% rush share, playing 78% of the snaps. There's no other guy that can really challenge him. No, no other guy. Keyshawn Vaughn ain't it. Sean Tucker, I don't, I don't think he's played the last couple of weeks. Chase Edmonds has been out on IR due to a knee injury. So he's basically the guy there. But their run game has been putrid. Third lowest EPA per rush. And so it, it, it's, and it's probably not going to get any better against Buffalo. It's not going to get any better against Buffalo. Although Buffalo's defense, they have been struggling a little bit. You know, since, you know, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, and Daquan Jones have been out. They've given up 5.6 yards per play, which is 24th. QBR of 30th. QB, QBR is 30th. And their defensive success rate at 54.2% is 29th. And the, the rate on third down, 53.3%, is 32nd. And so there could be some opportunities for this offense, uh, for this offense to make some plays down the field. You know, Baker Mayfield will have to have a better showing than he did against the Falcons. Only 16 fantasy points per game and is the QB 16 on the on the on the year. But one thing to keep in note or keep in mind, Buffalo defense, despite all those injuries, despite all those shortcomings that they've had, they are still second in the league in sack rate. And so if Baker Mayfield does not have any time, he's he's not going to be able to get the ball off. And a lot of these weapons that we have that we see in Tampa Bay aren't going to be able to produce fantasy points. For your squads. Any quick thoughts on Tampa Bay? <sighs> no, Baker's been eh. Just Middling. really Yeah, just it resides on Baker, man. Like you need to get and we talked about this before the season. We 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 talked about Chris Chris Godwin and Mike Evans being two top twenty-four wide receivers, borderline top twelve wide receivers, and we questioned if he was gonna be able to support both. And here we are. He can't support both of them for whatever reason. He can't get get Chris Godwin the ball. He can get Mike Evans the ball on on you know on deep routes, and that's pretty much it. Outside of that, there's been really not much of anything for this offense. And you would think that for in the case of Rashad White, they would just throw him the ball. Don't even bother running because they can't run the ball. Just throw him the ball. He's a much better pass catcher than runner. Clearly, just yeah. throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw the ball. That's all they just need to do. Just drop back, throw 50 times a game because you can't run the ball. You won't be able to run the ball this, on Thursday. So just throw. Maybe they, just, maybe they don't they just don't trust Baker like that. You know, they can trust yeah. Brady with 50 pass attempts. That's true. But but they can't trust Baker with 50 pass attempts, which is probably why we're seeing we're not seeing a lot of uh, a ton of pass volume in general for this team. Yeah. Yeah. And But I mean, that's. That should be their bread and butter, honestly. It should if you're be. Looking at, if you're looking at everything this this offense holistically, you should be should Con- be pepper. Conventional wisdom suggests that yes, <laughs> Tampa Bay, who can't run the ball and has two awesome wide receivers on the outside and a speed guy in the slot with Trey Palmer, should be throwing the ball more. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's the end of the show. I don't got nothing else to add to that. Of course, make sure y'all tap into DestinationDevy.com where we drop in articles every single day for Dynasty, for Redraft, for for Devi, and and for you know prospect talk in terms of who's who who should be looking out next year in terms of for your rookie drafts. Um, follow us on Twitter at Off the Line FF. Follow me on Twitter at at Fantasy Genes that's G E N E S. 
follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. Um, I mean, nothing much on my end. I probably we'll put together, we'll put out some 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 props for the games on on Sunday. There's gonna be a full slate this time, so there's gonna be a lot to work. There's not gonna be six teams on by, so we'll have a larger selection. A lot. I mean, we we may even put out two, three, four, five props. Who knows? Maybe yeah. each of us may put put together a, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of three picks. Um, I usually I usually do it before the games, but I've been slacking over the last couple of weeks. But I'll, I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and uh, put something out. I did hit one. I did hit one this past week. Um, it was a pretty nice. It was a pretty nice one. It was. I had. I think I had Drake London targets, Elijah Moore receptions, and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown targets. So mm, that is a nice one. Yeah. So I, I so I hit that for 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 a nice little one, nice little something something. And so. Hopefully we can have some more some more wins like that. I like to, you know, I like to target target targets. Target wide receiver <laughs> targets, especially with guys that are their primary, the primary in the passing game. Looks like a pretty decent game environment that I can target and I can go after. I think I think it I think it's a, a pretty viable strategy, but I'll have to do some do some digging, do some research. And then we'll uh we'll we'll post post some of these plays on, you know, before the games on Sunday. Yeah, and I, just to follow up on on you, I did hit one myself. Now that I remember, and it was in that in that that Ravens Lions game. It was Odell Beckham over receiving yards, Amon Ross St. Brown over receiving yards, and Josh Reynolds over receiving yards. So I, maybe I should have put that one out, but I didn't. So I definitely need to make sure to do that this this coming week. Don't got nothing else. Hopefully, y'all are not as bad as me in in one of my home leagues where I'm one in. No one in six, you know, with a, a favorable wide receiver room, but I got nothing else to show for it. So make sure y'all are, you know, turning those rosters and getting ready for your playoff run. Hey, I can't talk because in that same league, I'm two and five. Yeah, so that's true. I'm, I'm yeah. on a four I'm on a four game losing streak in that one. I'm <laughs> gotta shake fast. I know B. John Robinson screwed me and then the, the Packers offense being dog doo-doo and a, a bevy of other factors. Devontae Smith not showing up. Anyways. We're yeah. Not gonna that. yeah, we'll holler at y'all. Make sure y'all tap into everything we got going on in Destination Debbie Radio. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Good luck in week eight. <laughs>